0: Hairs on my body started standing on end.
1: Silence. Nothing there.
0: I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be of vital importance of
1: helping us convince the masses.
0: Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge
1: to the other world.
0: Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Tonight my guest is someone who has had uh, a number of very intimate encounters with beings that, well, we can't really identify, we don't fully understand. We're going to talk tonight and try to get somewhere with that. I do see a pattern developing in some of the people I'm speaking to. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm grouping my guest tonight in with uh, with a bunch of other people and that's all there is to it. His experience is unique and individual to him, as is everyone's, and there's, there's a lot uh, that is very personal and very important there individually in each person Uh, but also this pattern that I am noticing developing is also important and it it's a good thing it's a good pattern and it shows us something that I think we need to explore rather than talk about that pattern I'm going to ask you to pay attention and see if you can identify this pattern for yourselves Anyway, my guest tonight is Valen. Valen, welcome to Type 471. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing good. It's uh, good to be here.
0: Good. Well, I'm glad. I, you have a lot of interesting stuff to say, and, uh, and I'm glad to have you here. So I would very much like to start from the beginning, um, kind of uh, the, the onset of your experiences. Like if we can do that in a chronological, temporal sense, uh, can we do that? Can we start at the beginning? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great. So, I suppose before I had a um, kind of a paranormal experience or um, spiritual awakening, I um, I was wondering why I was here on this planet, in this existence. I would say the first thing that happened to me was I called out to the universe and asked what I'm doing, what am I doing here? Because I had always questioned my existence. Uh, I had always questioned really everything, and I wasn't getting answers, really. One day, I forgot what I was doing at the time, my heart dropped in my chest, and a pang of loneliness, I guess, rang out within me, and I asked the universe, why am I here? And this happened twice uh, within the span of a week, I guess. And um,
0: How old were you at this time? Um, I was around
1: 20 years old between 7 and 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, um, yeah, so this happened twice. I called out to the universe pretty much. Um, asking why I was here and probably within two weeks of this happening, I had my, um, paranormal experience. My my paranormal experience started. All right. Uh, And pretty much how that started was I was laying in bed and I started seeing these, um, Kind of bars of shadow, uh, vertical bars of shadow going around uh, clockwise in my room uh, against the walls. Um, I understood somehow that these were beings, um, but that's all I understood about what was happening. And so when I saw these things, I, I didn't, um, I, I was fearful, but I didn't, um, shut them out. I didn't push them away. I, uh, I kind of took them as something that was happening and, uh, let it continue pretty much. I, 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 uh, I said, okay, you know, and, um, pretty much the next night, these things, became more humanesque, and and um, were going around still in a clock uh, clockwise around the room uh, against the walls but they were, they were more uh, humanoid uh, than bars and I said okay this is happening and I didn't shut it out or I, I didn't um, you know run away from it psychologically or emotionally i uh remained open to this phenomenon happening and the next night or the next couple nights there would be stages that these things would come further and further into my reality so it started off as vertical bars uh, shadows dark you know shadow figures very um Uh, not human-like, just bars going around in a clockwise pattern, and then by the end of this uh, stage shifting throughout the nights, they were three-dimensional, translucent shadow beings inside of my room.
0: Okay, so over, over a period of successive evenings, they gradually took on more and more form that might seem like it would manifest in this world. Am I correct in that? Yes. All right.
1: And um I would actually after about the second night I would actively seek them out. So I would lay there and I would look at the walls and I would I did a lot of searching for these things in my peripheral vision throughout uh my awakening or my paranormal experiences. Um <clears throat> because um I also had experiences with light beings that would pop into my peripheral vision. And I had to pay attention to them through my peripheral vision. If I tried to look at them, they would disappear immediately.
0: When did these light beings occur in time relative to these experiences with the shadow beings?
1: Um, they were actually happening at the same time, within a day. of. Uh, so I started seeing the bars go around the room. Um, and within a day, uh, I started seeing these uh, dots of light show up in my peripheral vision.
0: I gotcha. Okay.
1: Let's see. Um,
0: this will take some editing. Oh, you know, I it, it's... It's much better if you're if you're not too concerned about what you're saying. I mean, I'll by all means, I'll I'll edit whatever you want me to edit. But instead of being more instead of being afraid of how you present yourself, it's always better to just speak naturally and and just let the the whole experience just come out as just just speak from a genuine place is the best is the best thing that, that that we can do.
1: I do have a lot of difficulty with being genuine sometimes, like energetically. I don't know. It's like life. I'm not lucid. I'm not very lucid. I'm not as lucid in this life as I would want to be. I feel like I'm, I'm in a dream a lot of times when compared to little uh, moments that I've had that were lucid, very lucid. Uh, do you understand what I'm meaning by lucid?
0: As a matter of fact, I can relate very much to what you're saying right now. Uh, I don't know if that means that I'm that I've had the same experience with that, or experienced that in the same way that you have. But I can say that your words do resonate with me in that I feel like uh, I'm not as lucid as I could be, or you know, part of me is here, part of me is somewhere else. Um, I wonder if a lot of people might feel like that. Yeah,
1: sure. Well, I do know. That on the other side, I guess you could call it heaven, um, we are completely lucid and in that we are um, what comes through us uh, is completely genuine. And um, here, there is there are forces pulling us every which way at all times. and it's difficult to push our energy in the direction of pureness uh, being a hundred percent genuine for me anyway, that that's an issue.
0: Right. Okay. That that's fair.
1: There's, there's just so many things that happened at once and so many like things that blew my mind uh, happening at once that uh, it's difficult to kind of arrange them in a chronological order.
0: Yeah, I I understand and I've experienced the exact same thing with with other people who are trying to explain an experience like this. Um I I can appreciate that very much even from my own experience because I mean these are these are things that you're experiencing within yourself in a very subjective way and it's hard to order them in a in a chronological sense and and then articulate them in a way that, you know, will you know in an a b to c kind of way that other people might be able to understand so i can appreciate that but you know all we're doing right here right here and right now is uh, our best so let's let's start with let's start with what we started with uh, the shadow people can we focus on that for a minute and 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 yeah there we go
1: okay so these beings were there i noticed them i okay so i looked for them as i was looking for them uh every night past the second night i would actively seek them out uh looking against the walls and i finally found them they were pretty much on my bed uh there was one to my right um near my head kind of kneeling on the bed there was one down to my right uh against my feet There was one to the left against my feet and another one. Uh, Pretty much one at all four corners. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, Yeah. And so I kind of, uh, I laid there and I was just kind of taking it in. And I was probably trying to communicate with them, but they weren't, um, they weren't very good at communicating with me. Hmm. Um at the same time there was a darkness like a ominous energy of darkness uh emanating from the bathroom. It seems like the bathroom was a source like a where they were setting up their base or something, I don't know. Oh, okay. they were coming coming out of the bathroom. Um let's see. I, there was a tall very slender dark figure as well that would actually stand at the bathroom door and just watch me and all of these dark figures were very ominous like um, they held with them a very dark kind of a negative vibe to them so there was uh, the shadow people and there was the slender man and there was also. Blobs of darkness that were floating around the room pretty much. Um, And they had a very ominous feeling to them as well. When I was able to see them clearly, I was able to see that they were swarming with these little black, almost like a, like a bee, like bees swarming, Mm -hmm. but they were very tightly close together. and, um, yeah that was interesting how they were a swarm I was able to actually kind of clear push through this these dark blobs and see extraterrestrials in my room energetically I I rose up and I came through and cleared all of this darkness and behind all of it Was these two? They looked like grays. One was very short and one was taller. I would say the taller one was between five and six feet tall, and the shorter one was probably closer to four feet tall. And the smaller one, when I pushed through and actually saw these beings and we came into energetic contact, like conscious contact, I would became. consciously aware of these beings and they realized that i had become consciously aware of them the smaller one looked up at the taller one and um was in you know questioning like uh possibly the safety of the situation because i had become aware of them and that never happened uh because humans are usually so wrapped up in their own little worlds that um possibly that uh, you know they're just not going to be able to push through this darkness in order to see these beings right um, and the tall one just continued looking at me uh, realizing that the smaller one was looking up um, it was probably a child like a, like a gray child or something and so the taller one just kept looking at me like seeing what was gonna what was gonna happen seeing uh, watching for what I was going to do when I pushed, I kind of blew away or cleared through the darkness, the dark blobs and the darkness in the room. I kind of energetically washed them away like I was opening a curtain. And when I first saw these beings standing in my room, they were covered in this swarm, this, these tiny little black things. That were swarming making the blobs in the room Uh, they were covered in that and as i was clearing this away that black swarm washed off of them and i could see them as translucent almost glass-like uh beings and it was just a wild experience
0: I just want to make sure I'm clear. Uh, the, the beings that w- then became translucent, are you saying that those were the greys? Those were the greys, yes. Okay, great. And uh, what, a moment ago, you mentioned pushing through the dark aspect of the experience. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, in order to, to, to be able to perceive the greys. Um, do you feel that you had to penetrate that level of consciousness in order to access that place where you were able to be aware of the greys? Exactly,
1: um, I feel like my consciousness was expanding, and I was able to do more and more and finally, I reached a point where I was able to energetically kind of manipulate things, I suppose and um, it made me think that this This darkness is like, it's like dark matter. It's like um, an energy, a natural energy that's just here uh, that can be controlled. And I feel like extraterrestrials have uh, gotten to the point where they are able to use, to interact with this dark matter or dark energy with their energy in order to use it and manipulate it. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, they keep us behind a veil of this, uh, dark energy. And I think in that moment I was able to clear, to push away this dark energy and expose the
0: beings behind all of this. Okay. Well, that's an interesting concept. Well, it was, it was very, uh, it blew my mind, you know. Sure. And it
1: still kind of blows my mind to think about it.
0: <laughs> of course it would. So, uh from the moment that they became translucent, then what happened?
1: Well, I believe that they were kind of always translucent. Um at least that's how they were going to be perceived by me uh, as being uh, beings from a different dem- or you know, like a different uh realm or dimension or whatever you might call it. Um, but they were, I believe that they were translucent possibly because they weren't fully in my room. They were possibly in my room and wherever they were physically in their own dimension at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't able to see them as physical beings. I was only partially able to see them as partially physical or maybe not physical at all uh translucent right and i believe that they were using this um dark matter the same stuff remember when i told you um to look at the space between your eyes and the ceiling at night when there's just a tiny little bit of light or you know there doesn't have to be any light at all yeah and there's a black static have did you um did you look for that
0: i i I recalled it as I was lying down. Uh, I didn't really uh go fully into that because uh, I was tired at the time, frankly. right so i I mean, my feeling is that that is essentially a matter of the nerves of one's eyes, the optic nerves, uh, just doing what they do and just kind of adjusting. Uh, but I mean, even if that is the case, I mean, that doesn't mean that that in and of itself is the only thing that's happening or that nothing else is manifesting through that. I mean, it could be that something is manifesting through that, even if that is what's, what's happening, or it could be that something else entirely is happening and that you're absolutely, you know, correct that, that it, it belongs to, to something else. I don't know. So I I guess I should explore that with an open mind and I I just hadn't done it yes, yet. But yes, I do know the that that dark static that you're talking about that that happens in one's eyes when you are in a dark place.
1: Right. Well, I mean um I guess um we all have it sounds seems to me like you might not necessarily be open to it. No. Because even if you did see it you would um say that it was probably just um your eyes adjusting
0: or um no not at all i i that's been my feeling uh, about what that is throughout my life i've experienced plenty of stuff to to tell me that you know the things that people think are actually the case are, are not all there is to reality so i'm completely open to the fact that it may be something else entirely i'm just trying to tell you just kind of where i've come from in 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 you know my observation of that dark static phenomenon that you're talking about but I'm, okay. I'm i'm certainly open to to exploring the possibility of what else it might be okay yeah um
1: i think you know looking back through all of this i think um like i was saying it's it's some kind of energy that's just there it's a natural energetic phenomenon and i think extraterrestrials have um been able to utilize it. There in my experience, I became aware of the fact that the earth has an energetic grid. Yes. And that there are beings that are using this grid to um energetically manipulate people. And the way they're doing that is I would, I would say they're twisting energy um, with their own intentions and feeding it back into the grid. Do you want me to stay on track?
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll bring you back on track, for, on track, but for now we can go off on a different trajectory. That's okay.
1: I guess I'm afraid of being genuine because of uh, probably certain traumas when I was a kid.
0: Well, let's get into that. You, uh, you, you did mention to me your background, and your background is relevant in the overall context of your experience. You mentioned trauma. So, where? What, what's your earliest memory of this trauma? Where did it start?
1: Well, my father—he was very abusive, uh, physically, psychologically, emotionally. Um, I remember I would have—I would be holding my sister in a hug. Underneath the uh, uh, living room table, uh, kind of hiding her from uh, my dad beating up my mom in the on the floor. Um, you know, just 12 feet away, and um, he would blow snot on her. And uh, probably shouldn't get into the sp- specifics, but yeah, he was uh, extremely abusive. This was happening up until the age of six. Um, at the age of six, I was taken away by Department of Human Services and uh, put into foster care for two years. I guess uh, foster care wasn't too bad, but then they, I suppose, because of my behavior, um, they put me into residential uh, treatment facilities, behavioral treatment facilities, where I remained. Uh, in custody, in behavioral treatment facilities, until I was age eighteen and a half. and in those facilities, you're practically locked in there. Um, every single action, every single thing you do is monitored and controlled by the staff members, the counselors that work there, who could be any anybody who qualifies. you don't have to have a, a degree, you can be some, you know butthead off the streets with a lot of imbalances and twisted perverse ideas about life they were very abusive it was a uh, most of these places i was at were originally catholic uh, orphanages and so religion was a big part of these uh, state-ran facilities and so There was a lot of shaming. There was a lot of uh, shame for anything that brought joy or pleasure. uh, They would shame you heavily for it and berate you and um, pretty much treat you like you're a piece of garbage. And I was one of the cases that didn't actually need to be in behavioral treatment facilities. Uh, There were two. Uh, counselors or therapists that actually recommended that I go home and they were fired from their job and one of these people he's still active in the therapeutic community and I'm sure he will attest to that but I was actually being used um, as a guinea pig for medications that let's say Pfizer and Moderna would come up with and Because I was under the ward of the state, uh, the state would give permission to use me as a guinea pig. They would give me these experimental drugs. Um, What better way to, um, because I was under constant surveillance and supervision and my behaviors were closely monitored by um, the counselors, and so they could see behavioral changes in me. Um,
0: Do you know for a fact that these medications at the time were experimental?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the medications was called Zyprexia. And that um, was actually pulled off the market for it, caused diabetes or something. It caused something. It, it was pulled off the market quite a few years ago. But that was something that I was taking taking well before it was even on the market i was taking zypraxia well before it was on the market
0: what was it intended to treat i'm not sure i'm
1: sure we could google it um but yeah i was i was on that and i was on uh i'm sure a multitude of other medications they had me on so many drugs i i don't i was on so many damn drugs that i it was crazy
0: yeah that that is crazy man. That's nuts that they just do that to people, especially, you know, a, a, a child in a, a, in a situation where they're intended to get care.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, too, I'm actually, I was the case, I was the child that they did this to so blatantly that somebody took it to court and had Department of Human Services rules changed in order to limit their ability to do this to kids i was that case they actually the department of human services was so corrupt and still is that they decided to do a change all of their files over to electronic simply so they could get rid of all the old files all the paper files um, that had evidence and oh god tons of evidence of their corruption and the illegal activities and destroyed all that. So now there is no way to get my file from when I was a kid because they destroyed it. And so there's no way for me to prove this stuff happened.
0: So, um, lots of experimental drugs, lots of corruption, lots of just heinous things being done to people. Just hearing about it just sickens me. So let's, now focus on how this has impacted you. Now, I mean, we we have to clearly take a look at the impact that this treatment at at these institutions and facilities may have had on your later experience uh, with with these entities and and your, your experiences as they occurred thereafter. Now, when I say that, that does not mean that I dismiss what you experienced later as the product of just a you know a, a a mind that was so messed up by drugs that you know you were just having these crazy <laughs> hallucinations <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not suggesting that at all um I am saying that there very well could be a relationship in terms of the way it affected your mind your brain but I I have I, I'm kind it's funny I'm kind of I've kind of been guided during the course of my investigations to explore this very phenomenon, the link between mental health, mental illness, trauma, emotional trauma, physical trauma, and spiritual sensitivity, and I am uncovering more and more that in, in cases where there is some effect uh, to to the mind or 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 the emotional body um, that this opens up a person spiritually in some ways to certain kinds of phenomena, and it seems that that has happened with you as well. Um, so even though yes, some of this may in fact you know have to do with the treatment you received in these facilities, that doesn't mean that you weren't actually interacting with these beings. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think both of those right. things are true. Um. Yeah. So, let's let's pick up from uh the, the the interactions with these entities. You uh you you described a sexual component, and I found that interesting because you also described uh a sexual component uh to your treatment in this facility. And I I, I wonder if there's a parallel there. I'd like to go into your sexual interaction with these entities.
1: Okay. Uh. Sure. Um, Well, for so many years, I um, was begging Satan to send me demons to have sex with me. I know that sounds absolutely um, crazy. And I don't know why I desired so deeply um, sexual relations with um, demons uh, when there's obviously so many other beings out there to possibly have sexual relations with but for I suppose that was just the you know demons was just maybe I wasn't too terribly serious about it maybe I felt like I deserved to be used by negative beings because of the way I was raised in treatment I guess that would definitely go along a lot, you know, it would it would make sense that that would be responsible for uh, a lot of the difficulties I have today. <clears throat> um, so pretty much, yeah, I was asking Satan to send me a demonic lover. Um, so the first couple times I did that, you know, it was spread out over the course of uh, a year, maybe maybe six months to a year. Third time I did it I was laying outside uh, at nine it was a beautiful evening um, and I asked uh, Satan to send me um a being to make love to me and give me pleasure and all of a sudden I felt um, a very powerful pang of pleasure it didn't last very long, but it was very powerful and that was kind of. Proof to me that there was something more. That was my first piece of evidence that there was something more than just the physical. Now, a lot of people could say, oh, it's just your brain. And I suppose there is a possibility that it was just my brain. But in my experience, I suppose I'm open to a lot of possibilities. When I called out that two times within a period of a week or so, Um, To the universe, why am I here? And I started having these, um, like I started seeing the shadow people. I started to ask to try to summon a succubus because these non-physical beings, this this crazy stuff was was happening. This profoundly profound uh, non-physical stuff was happening at the time, and I figured it was a good opportunity to ask for. A succubus or to draw a succubus into my reality okay. and so i started um pretty much praying to the universe uh, putting the intention out there that i wanted this succubus to come to me and i did this every so often you know throughout the course of a few weeks and finally one night i was laying there um i don't know exactly what I was doing, uh, but I was laying there and I started feeling something touching me. Uh, it didn't feel like somebody, like a finger or, or something physical, like skin touching me. It, it wasn't a physical, touchy feeling. It was kind of a fuzzy, static um, energy, almost a tickly kind of a feeling. And I won't go into uh, details, specifics about exactly how it felt, but I will say that it was extremely profound, and it wasn't just my imagination.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm getting that. Uh, I I don't think you would have imagined something that felt staticky, You know, I think you I I I think you probably would have imagined something that felt more like flesh. Would you not?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. And this was um this was very a very concentrated energy feeling. Um and so this being that I had called into existence was touching me and I was letting it it and at the time I was not experiencing pleasure from it either. It was only skin deep, you know. I wasn't. <clears throat> I had um, being in treatment. Any ounce of pleasure or joy that you might have had, uh, you were treated like shit for it. And so I had um, difficulty allowing myself to experience pleasure on an energetic, the very deep energetic level, um, unless it was entirely negative. And at that point, during what was happening. I didn't know whether it was negative or positive or neutral or you know what the desired consequences of all of this happening um, were possibly. I I didn't know, and so I wasn't feeling any pleasure out of it. So this happened for a few minutes, and I was like, again with just as I was with all of my other experiences, profound crazy experiences. I was just like, okay, this is happening, and I. You know, it was um, frightening because it was well out of the ordinary. But at the same time, I was very accepting of it. Uh, I didn't push it away or, you know, mark it as something that shouldn't be happening. The feeling lasted about two minutes. It was very real, very profound, um, very specific. And that night I was going to sleep and I was kind of on my belly. And I felt this being uh, kind of touch my butt (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it woke me up because I was actually falling asleep. And so this being touched me and woke me up and I said, no, this is this is over. This is done. This isn't going to happen anymore. You're gone. You're done. Because at that point, it was affecting my livelihood. Um, I know it doesn't seem too terribly um, like it would be affecting anything. Um, too deeply but waking me up as i'm going to sleep that that is pretty that's kind of forcing itself into my life a little too quickly uh it made me very uncomfortable
0: sure yeah i can see how it would have a huge impact right
1: well i mean we had only just met that day
0: (laughs) (laughs) moving a little fast
1: i guess moving a little fast yeah (laughs) um and so I said we're done, and um, I energetically pushed her away. Um, do you want to know a little bit about her her personality?
0: Yeah, actually, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First, I want to know how you identify her as a she. Um, well, you know what? To be honest, I I can't.
1: I can't. Um, I. Don't know that it even had a, um, a specific gender. Right. Um, I know that uh, I've been trained that, you know, t- treatment was very Catholic, so homosexuality is very bad. It made you out to be a monster if you're homosexual. Sure. Um, so I was kind of stayed away from any possibility of homosexuality. And so I just imagined that this being would be a female. Okay. Now its personality. Um, I'm gonna continue calling it a she, though, because certainly, um, you know, just it, it just seems so feminine to me. Okay. But then again, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it seemed feminine. That's why I considered it a female.
0: Sure. Yeah, we're, we're talking about your experience here. So, I mean, by all means, if you want to consider it a female, then then go right ahead. You know, uh, the personality
1: was very warm, very loving, very comforting and nurturing. But do something she doesn't like, get on her bad side, and she's just a nasty, immature, just hateful almost. Like somebody who is very, very bipolar. and. While, the, while you're on their good side, they're very just outgoingly just positive and loving and nurturing. But then, you, you know, you get on their bad side and they're absolutely horrendous. That's um, how this being was uh, personality-wise.
0: And how would each of these traits manifest? Like, what are specific examples of what happened in each of these dualities?
1: Well, um, let's see. So I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, I would say that, you know, while I was, um, following along with her, um, where she was trying to lead things, as long as I was following where she was trying to lead things, uh, she was very, very nice. and very happy and very um i would say joyful and but as soon as i disagreed with something that was happening such as they would tell me to eat um eat my my semen and i didn't really want to do that so i you know i would i would uh not do that she would turn into a raging um (laughs) (laughs) Yacht. she would turn into a very very shitty uh personality very quickly i guess that's just one example but yeah as as soon as i started doing something she didn't like or disagreed with her uh, as soon as i wasn't going along with what her intentions were that's when she treated me like shit Mm -hmm. and in my experience that is a telltale telltale trait of a a psychologically manipulative person oh absolutely yeah and so i believe that they they were trying to uh manipulate me which wasn't happening by the way um i believe that i had control of the entire situation the entire time
0: i should hope so at least yeah Uh, switching gears just slightly i mean on a separate but related topic You had mentioned uh, an experience during which uh, you were told that you were going to be taken to uh, these entities' home planet and used as a sex slave. I want to explore that for a minute.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, so let's see. So the succubus um, and these four shadow people that were on my bed came to me at all at once. Now, I couldn't ever see the succubus, but these four shadow beings, I could see them. And the succubus came to me uh, with, while the four beings were there with her, and you could just feel, you could sense this stuff. And she, I was like, you know, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what, 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 um, what's your end goal? Like, what do you want with me? And she told me straight up that she's, they're going to rape me and take me to their planet, their world, um, to use me as a sex slave.
0: That's pretty intense
1: That is intense, and um, I don't really know what my reaction was. I was kind of numb. Back then, I was very numb to just everything because of all my trauma i uh, I was very closed off like emotionally to things. Now, to uh, most people there's the pattern, being closed off emotionally. I think that has something to do with it. Okay. Because if you're closed off emotionally, you can experience things without shutting them out. How do you mean? Um, how, how do I mean? I mean, any other person raised normally, uh, you know, friends and family, wouldn't even have been open to these experiences because the emotional consequences of this stuff happening would be so dramatic that it would probably be somewhat traumatizing and the person would most likely shut themselves out of the experience altogether. Me being emotionally numb, emotionally dead at the time I was able to experience something and then accept it for what it was. And push through into the next experience without having a severe emotional reaction. And I believe that's the pattern. That's why us people that are have experienced so much trauma, I believe that's why we're more open to these things happening in our lives. Is because we don't have these emotional reactions that would shut us off to these experiences.
0: That's an incredibly interesting insight. I hadn't thought of that before. I'm very glad you said that. That's That obviously comes from a place of experience, and I, I totally respect and acknowledge that insight. That's great. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. That That's helpful. That's going to help somebody. Yeah. Wow. Thank I hope you. so. Yeah. 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 Um. We're in the last few minutes of the show now. So you you mentioned to me an experience that you wanted to get into this evening, um, one in which you had run out of gas. Can we get into that? Yeah, absolutely. So um,
1: I um, was hanging out with a person that uh, it was more of an acquaintance than a friend. Uh, because my sister was um, getting some smoking some marijuana with him, and I wanted to hang around my sister. and i uh, I guess I partook a little bit. Um, had a little bit of weed at this time. i I was pretty new to smoking marijuana. So I had a little bit, and all of a sudden I started getting really paranoid. Like this guy was holding his shirt in a ball. In his hands, and I thought there was a knife in there, like he was going to try to kill me. So, <laughs> so I left the trailer, was little trailer, and I got in my suburban, which I actually had lived in for a good six months before moving into my mother's, uh, which where which was where I was at at the time. Um, got in my suburban, hauled ass out of there. Started going into this crazy panic attack. In fact, while I was driving, I was um, I was probably in the midst of a psychotic episode because I felt like everybody was I don't even know how to explain it, but like I felt like people were were, people were following me. Um, I could feel people's energies very powerfully for the first time in my life um now i believe that it could have been a psychotic episode while at the same time becoming open to energies i suppose i don't know does that sound um reasonable
0: yes it does um i and like uh, you can be having a
1: a psychotic breakdown at the same time you're experiencing something that's spiritual
0: something that's really happening spiritually yeah, that makes absolute sense to me uh, yeah in in fact that's that's kind of the part of the pattern that i have seen emerging i don't want to go too much into defining that pattern i mean or even defining my thoughts about the pattern i mean you know it's an huh. evolving thing but but yes i i absolutely i i can see the truth in in that right there right. absolutely so I think that's
1: what was happening. I was having a psychotic episode. At the same time, I was part of my spiritual something was blowing open. And I was able to feel people's energies. Um I So I was driving and I was freaking the hell out. Um I was able to maintain um you know the speed limit and use my blinkers. So I didn't want to get pulled over. Um and I drove wide ways out probably i'd say 30 miles um and i drove up into some mountains uh like an in, into a mountain like a yeah, i guess like a big hill like a giant hill like a mountain small mountain or whatever and um it was one way in one way out and there was this guy's house up there i stopped at the guy's house and i was about out of gas And I saw some gas cans in his garage and I was like, Hey, is there any way to get a little bit of that gas? I'm like having a freaking panic attack and you know, I'm about out of gas. And uh, I was wondering if you just, please just help me out. He's like, no, no, I can't do that. And this whole time in this particular area, there was a very, very dark, very ominous energy to this whole area. And this guy, it, it just seemed like there was, there was, Almost that same ominous presence that these, uh, these, these beings of darkness that I had been experiencing, it was kind of the same ominous feeling. Right. And so I was like, all right, well, uh, which, which way do I go to get out? You know, I, I should have just went the way I came in, but just the way I was, I guess I asked which way, you know, I asked him for confirmation, which way I go out. I guess it was the way I was trained from uh, treatment facilities. Something, some psych- psychological uh, pattern that I had. So I asked him which way, and he told, there was the way where I came in, which was the way out, and then that was to the left, and then there was the, uh, the way to the right, which was into some old logging roads, which was like one way in, one way out. And just a, a maze. Uh, he told me to go right into the logging roads. And so I went that way and, uh, I got lost and I started freaking out and I drove around for like what felt like forever. It was probably half an hour to an hour where I was driving around and, um, just completely lost, uh, going to the same spot over and over again. Trying to, you know, trying to. I was hugging to the uh, the right, trying to find my way out of this this maze of logging roads, um, and I couldn't find it. I was freaking out. And so, living in that suburban for oh six months or so, and um, having some bad driving habits and some bad money habits, spending habits, I ran out of gas. Ran out of gas quite a few times in that truck. And I know exactly what it sounded like when – and what happened when the thing ran out of fuel. The fuel rail, because it was um, multi-fuel injected – no, it was single point. Never mind. So I'm not sure how that happened. But what it felt like was it would start – it was a V8. And what it felt like was it would start running on uh, seven cylinders, then six cylinders, then five, then four. Then it would just, like, sputter and die. And right. so this thing started running out of gas. My uh, empty light or the, the low fuel light had been on since, be- you know, before I even took off from uh, my mom's house. And I had drove a good 30, driven a good 30 miles. And then another, I don't know how many miles in this maze. And my truck started doing this thing where it was running out of gas and it was, uh, felt like it was running on less and less cylinders. And so I just, I I called out. I I I was like, you know, if anybody can hear me right now, and please, you know, I need some help. And it was like so serious because I was in, you know, the energy of this place was so ominous that I was in a very serious situation. And uh, me calling out like that, somebody answered because immediately i felt from the top of my head melting down my body this feeling of pure relief and just peace uh coming into my my body and my my field and i also felt the presence of a being some kind of a being there at the same time and my truck uh began running just fine i actually um I realized what was going on i felt the presence of the being and i was like oh hey you know like like hey there (laughs) like uh you know i i noticed that they were there and uh, i wanted to say hi like you know um i've i've been wanting to to have an encounter like this for such a long time and finally i'm having an encounter with you and um you know what's up like this being actually sent me the energy or had the energy of oh I'm not supposed to you know I'm not supposed to interfere too much or talk to you or uh, communicate or interact that was the energy that it was uh, giving off to me and so I was just like okay all right and so I drove around looking for a way out of that maze of old logging roads for I honestly don't know how long I used to tell people it was three hours you know. But that was probably an exaggeration because I don't know, it was it was at least half an hour being like that's the bare minimum of how long I drove around after this was half an hour. And we're not talking about highway mileage. We're talking about we're talking about like 16 percent grade here in there. And we're talking about rough, rocky roads where where there's like a, a wall on one side and there's a cliff on the other side. And I actually had, I went down and I had to turn around because, uh, I landed at a gate that actually had a bear warning on it. And I had to turn around and like put it in four low and actually drive halfway up. Uh, The truck, uh, was like, of the truck was like all the way up. Anyway, I dented my truck on like a little tree. It was crazy. Um, but I drove around for quite a while. Like I said, at least half an hour before I finally found my way out. And I passed the guy's house and I went down the hill a little ways. I stopped right in the headlights of this guy. It was like a stooge or, you know, some security dude. And I stopped right in the headlights of this Jeep Comanche. And I opened the passenger side window, which was the window this guy was coming up at. And this guy had a shotgun in his hands. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I'm sorry about that. And this guy was like, what are you doing here?
0: Oh, no, you can swear as much as you want on this show.
1: Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm lost. I'm stoned. and like, you know, like, uh, I just wanted to get out of here and I'm lost. He's like, all right, get the fuck out. And so I took off and um, I ended up driving to the gas station. And my truck died right there at the gas station. It didn't do its sputtering thing. It just straight up died. Wow. And I had just enough momentum to pull up into the pump. And the dude that was um, there, I was like, hey, man, you know, I don't have any money. I'm like freaking out. I just went through some crazy stuff. And I was, you know, could I get a little bit of gas? Like, I, don't, I can't pay you, but like, I'll pay you tomorrow. <laughs> Um, he was like, yeah, I probably gave me 10 bucks in gas. And, uh, I, uh, I went back to my mom's house and that was the experience. But this being that I was in, you know, that had literally altered physics to make my truck run. I, I'd really like to get a hold of this being. And I'd really like to find out how this all works. Like, uh, are they always watching us or, you know, or, can they just feel our distress and uh you know are they able to just push push their way into this into this realm and manipulate physics and stuff like that
0: i mean i think the answers to all those things are you know are there as we go deeper and deeper into our ourselves and that that area that place of truth within us i think all of that is answered and and you you'll you're, you'll be connected to it as you're going into yourself. I mean it's it's like this series of unfolding revelations you just become aware of <laughs> more and more. And for uh, sure. Yeah. And uh y- you know given our our other conversations, I know I can see that you're a person that has a ton of spiritual potential like this conversation has barely scratched the surface of the stuff that that, oh barely yeah right that has happened and as you yourself said I mean you've been through so much there's so many experiences that you know we're we're gonna have to talk again and I I would love for us to have you know a number of conversations until we can kind of you know at least get you know, some semblance of what has actually gone on with you, you know, until we can just get through as much as we can get through. Um,
1: Well, you know, just having the revelation that um, people that, who are emotionally um, blocked off because of trauma are more adept to handling these spiritual situations, uh, paranormal situations. That is something I just learned tonight. I just figured it out tonight. And, um, I think that's really important, a really important piece of information that a lot of people will be able to, to use, um, uh, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think that's a very important piece of the puzzle. I think, uh, I, I mean, you know, kind of when you go into that place where you're just kind of you know relaxing and and you know reflecting upon your experience your your mind opens your being opens and your awareness opens as well and and you know you can have those insights and I think you had one of those and that's incredibly important you provided something for both yourself and for everyone else that that is of enormous value it 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 adds to understanding for sure and yeah definitely yeah And, uh, we're at the end of the show now, like you and I have both said, now you and I have to have a a number of conversations. I really want to do that. Um, but for now, I just have to say, you know, I, I, you've been incredibly brave in sharing what you have shared with me this evening. Um, is it
1: being brave or is it being emotionally dead
0: (laughs) joke? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) As darkly funny, but, uh, yeah. I see. I see the bravery in that. I because there it come, there comes. It comes from a, a place of in you that is not dead. I can tell. Um, and so I salute you for that, and I thank you for that, and I admire it. So, so Valen, thank you so much for sharing on Type Four Seven One this evening. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, you take care, and we will talk again very soon. You too. All right. Zyprexa is an antipsychotic medication used to treat various disorders, including bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. There have been a number of concerns about the side effects associated with Zyprexa, including diabetes, just as Valen said. Listen to Type 471 on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out this show on social media. Just look for Type 471 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. If you've had a paranormal experience and you'd like to share it with me or on this show, email type471podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.